0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on FLMontreal.com
1: 708, welcome to Today's Entrepreneur presented by Fuller Landau. This is a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar and back as always, Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. How are you Josh? Excellent, Dan, as always. I'm very excited about tonight's show with someone in the communications industry. Uh, you may have seen the Super Bowl halftime show. Well, our next guest is with a firm who helped uh, put it together. And they've done a number of shows throughout the world.
2: Very exciting stuff. And this is a company that it's not been around for decades, but it's been around for at least one decade Moment Factory. And we welcome Eric Fournier to the show. Welcome, Eric. Hi, really Now, there's a lot of behind the scenes, you know, Whenever you ever see a production, a concert, a Super Bowl show, there's so much that happens behind the scene. Eric, maybe you can give the listeners a, a feel for what does Moment Factory do today?
3: Well, essentially, Moment Factory is combining the new technologies of projection, lighting, sound, special effects to create new multimedia environments. So we'll use projection to project on buildings, we'll use lighting and special effects to transform uh, bars, uh, nightclubs, stores.
2: Is there, you know, maybe you can give one example to the listener just to kind of show them exactly what, what maybe they've seen before.
3: So for the last two years, we've been uh, producing a show on the Canadian Parliament called Mosaica. So it's, it's really a show of 30 minutes that uh, tells the story to Canadian of Canada. So using projection technology, lighting technology, we use the Parliament as the background to, uh, to a show.
2: Is it, and were you involved, like how did Moment Factory get started? Were you in at the beginning? Did you join all the way through? Give us a little bit of background on that.
3: Well the history of Moment Factory dates back to about ten years ago and and it was really a combination of talent of of three guys coming from the 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 world of photography, audio visuals. I got to know uh Dominique Section and Jason as I was at Cirque du Soleil. And at the time I was in charge of new ventures and and at Cirque we were looking at new ways of, of transforming environments, recreating the visuals environments that are those of Cirque du Soleil, the imaginary worlds that are Known uh, as being part of the Cirque du Soleil world, and and using multimedia technology was becoming more and more uh, evident as as a good way of transforming those uh, those uh, environments, those spectacles, those events uh, produced by Cirque du Soleil. So I decided at that point that uh, I thought this was a great company to join.
2: Ground in productions, or have you done kind of other things, or other jobs, or other studies in your life?
3: I've got a funny background. I mean, I graduated in business, then ended up in consulting, and from that point on, joined uh, Bombardier, uh, where I've been head of strategy for the rail business, and from that point, uh, jumped to Cirque du Soleil for five years, where I was heading the new ventures group.
2: So, and that's where you found your love of productions?
3: I guess, I guess. The creative world, the imagination, letting go, the more uh, imaginative part of myself, I guess.
2: The, now, you have two other partners. They started the company before you. How did you join them? How did you connect up with them?
3: It's, it's very interesting because we, we are very complementary. I mean, Section is a, is a guy coming from the world of photography visuals, so he handles more the content side of Moment Factory. Dominique Oudet is from the technology side, so he handles, he handles much more the whole magic and the multimedia aspects behind our shows, and I'm taking care of the more business-like uh, decisions.
2: So there's very little overlap of the three owners in your roles.
3: There's no overlaps, but we like to jump on each other's uh, fields so to better know what business we're in and better make sure that all our decisions are the one of the group, not necessarily each one taking its decision and the other one taking its decision for its own field. We really like to have the best decisions made every time.
1: When you're working with such incredibly creative people, do you often have to be the one to say, "Okay guys, that's not really realistic for this budget." <laughs> <laughs> A lot, I guess. <laughs> uh, I guess
3: I guess it has to do with budget, it has to do with risk, it has to do with planning ahead of time. I mean, this is what I like to do, making sure that the creative sandbox is right for everybody so that the best idea gets out and and so people feel comfortable uh, doing their work, doing uh, putting their best uh, efforts.
2: Do you, so do you typically agree on the vision of the company and where you're heading? between the three of you?
3: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, we've got meetings every uh, Monday mornings, we uh, sit together for uh, for a coffee and making sure that the week is, is aligned with the priorities set between us. So we have a vision. Our vision is we do it in public. So all our project must have some kind of a public component to it. And then we like to making sure that everybody in the company understands the same philosophy.
2: So you have, I mean, actually then the human resource element of it is is absolutely huge and important are there certain key people that you rely on or that you've created this team to make sure that your 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 vision and your your thoughts and your ideas get executed properly
3: I guess it has to do with having uh, people that have been around with us since the beginning. I mean, Moment Factory has been privileged in being able to keep the people within the company, not losing many talents as we've grown. I mean, our our strategy, our approach is really to to make those individuals feel good, having the best environment and making sure that the next project is is more innovative, more challenging than the past one. Reinventing ourselves is is a key element in our uh, business.
2: And and you know uh, Dan, so many entrepreneurs that come in here, they always talk about their people. They always talk about I mean, human resources is a huge element, but finding people is is one thing. It's not always easy. Keeping them is a whole other ball game because there's so many challenges. People either get bored or they want to move on. And if you have the right people and you have the right talent, you want to keep them motivated. You want to keep them challenged. And I'm very interested to hear when from when we come back from the break, Eric's idea and moment factory and how they try and how they manage to
1: keep their good talent. And they certainly need a lot of creative talent for that business. Eric Fournier of Moment Factory on Today's Entrepreneur.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants, and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller on Today's Entrepreneur, and our guest this evening, Eric Fournier of Moment Factory. And uh, Josh, an incredibly creative business, obviously requires a lot of creative talent, and, and it's important to retain that talent. And just before we left, you know,
2: Eric was explaining, yeah, there's there's a number of areas and ways that you have to deal with it. Eric, do you have any secrets, or what's worked for you in making sure that the talent kind of sticks around as long as possible?
3: Well, I guess the first thing is to making sure that the working environment is cool, relaxed, and there's no set rules on, on the way to uh, work. So our place is fully open. It's wide, lots of space, lots of creative space, and then people can mingle around, go around, arrive at the time they want. I mean, the, what we like to encourage is freedom here so that people are, know what the project they're on, know when it's got to be delivered, but the rest is for them to manage.
2: Do you ever find any of your good people or any, or any of the employees or team take advantage of the flexibility and freedom that you offer them?
3: They take advantage every day. They they <laughs> they do have some kind of a uh, a liberty of of managing their time. I I think I think what's really cool about it is that people are when we're on a show, we'll spend the last three four days before integration working eighteen to twenty hours a day. That's what we like about it. So during the more. Uh, Calm weeks. We don't want them to show at 9 and leave at 5 We want them to manage their time so they've got their full energy when the big uh, project will come Will come on
1: do you ever get nervous uh, giving your employees that much autonomy?
3: well it's not it's it nervousness will come if we don't deliver so i mean part of the challenge is dealing with those young individuals and and sometimes it's more about peer pressure is the fact that everybody sees each other in the way they behave and and sometimes it's much more important than the uh the approach we're gonna take in in giving orders getting authority and all that stuff that this is more of the past today it's more how the other around them will work how uh, professionally behave that will create this approach to uh, working
2: so speaking of of pressure and productions uh, i'm sure that some of the productions that you've been involved in or that you've created uh... have had their challenges in trying to make sure that everything is up and running and on time and on schedule and dealing with the artists perhaps you can share with us uh... maybe one or two challenges of some productions that you've been through where you've had to troubleshoot and make those decisions on the fly and keep your people in check and on
3: track, well, I mean most of the project that moment Factory is producing are are one of a kind they're They are innovative in in what they're uh, supposed to be doing. so every new project is different. So every new approach we're going to be taking needs to have some kind of a team effort to it that one individual cannot do. Uh, the whole project. So one of the values we have here at moment factory is fill the blanks, making sure that whatever you're doing, you're not leaving anything to the open for the next uh, colleague or your team uh uh your team players so so i mean the whole effort here is based on the notion that everybody must making sure that the other will contribute to the project and making sure that the whole thing is 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 covered so when we did the fête des Lumières de lyon we decided that we would produce a show using a net using a net as the backdrop to the projection because in in the end we didn't want to project on on traditional building we wanted to surprise so we used a full net that we hang uh, on top of the uh, of, of the uh, of the crowd the, the challenge there was that it was the first time it was ever done. It was done in Lyon, not in Montreal. So we needed the team in Montreal to collaborate with the local partners there. We wanted the team in Montreal that was very minimal to go there to understand all the challenges associated with this innovation. So there, again, making sure that everybody can work together and making sure that they're not waiting for the other to fill the blanks.
1: Sounds like an interesting project and in a moment we'll talk about another tough project which you guys had recently at Moment Factory. The big one of course, Super Bowl and, and the incredible challenges involved with that. Today's entrepreneur
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, charter to Montreal dot com.
1: 725 welcome back to today's entrepreneur our guest Eric Fournier of Moment Factory and Eric one of the bigger projects you had recently of course was the Super Bowl halftime show which featured Madonna tell us about a bit about the effort and the creativity that that uh, that went into that show from uh, from right here in Montreal
3: well i guess everybody is aware of the magnitude of doing the halftime show can be Adding to that, the fact that it's Madonna that has yeah. been saying no to uh, do the Super Bowl lifetime show for many years, first time she's there. And so when we got the call from Sir du you wanted us to come with them to work on this project, we, we just could say yes, right? So then the whole project started. It was in mid-November and we had to deliver for the Super Bowl, which was on February 5th. So the whole idea here was to work in good faith with all partners. At the table from the get go with Madonna, our team, the NFL, the NBC, Jamie King, and the uh, the team of today.
2: So you didn't have any written contracts as you were going through?
3: Well, we are shake hands. I mean, the uh, we're in the very creative world, so we need to uh... create this more. Uh, I would say level of confidence between the creators, and then the business will come after. That's that's the first lesson we've learned in doing our business.
2: Is that something that is? Typical in your industry or or with your customers
3: well it's again I mean the what gets a contract started what gets a project started is the great creativity behind it so what we like to do with our clients our our uh people is to get some kind of a a level of confidence whereby we will work end in end so so that's yes maybe standard
2: now let's talk marketing a little bit i mean you you did the Super Bowl there must have you know, it was a fantastic show. Um does that do your marketing for you? Do you have other st- strategies to kind of get the word out there, make sure that Moment Factory, that's the that's the name that people call on?
3: Well essentially what we've decided to do four or five years ago was really to to do our marketing to some through some something we call pull marketing. Instead of doing a push marketing with salesmen going around the world, we wanted to uh to bank on the viral aspect of what we do. So all our marketing efforts are, are, are put in making sure that there is our videos on the, on the web, people can see what we do and that point, from that point on then they can call us and, and get to know us through those videos that are circulating throughout the web.
2: And as each production goes or as each success ha- you have, I presume that the, f- the phone caller people see it, that they know they can contact Moment Factory.
3: Well, that's that's the objective: is to making sure that people will uh, that will call us. They they want something just like what they've seen on the web. So, to a certain extent, it's it's pruning between the the, the funny ideas to more serious needs.
2: So, do you you vet the customers as they come through, as they as they want to try and solicit your services? You do some checking, or you vet the ideas to make sure it's a it's a real lead versus not.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got six producer with. Each one of them having their own fields of, of specialty, and and in the discussion with those leads, they can make the difference between the real project and the more uh, funny ones.
1: And has the phone been ringing off the hook since uh, the Super Bowl?
3: Oh yeah, I mean it's uh, it's been unbelievable. The uh, the enthusiasm that the enthusiasm that it has created around Moment Factory. I mean we must be receiving but around five leads every day.
2: Wow! You ever say no to a customer?
3: Well, I mean the the. Again, the at the heart of our business is the creativity. So every project needs to have a creative element. So if somebody wants us to repeat what they've seen somewhere on the web that we have done, we'll perhaps not be as interested the other element has to do with the timeline I mean some projects are very interesting but if they want it to be delivered in the next six weeks we'll have to say no I mean we didn't wait for the Super Bowl to hire we had our teams we want to grow organically we don't want to create a mushroom that's going to explode I mean we want to grow uh, in a very stepwise manner, so to make sure that we can continue to deliver on our projects all right
1: Today's Entrepreneur continues in a moment with Eric Fournier of Moment Factory.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.36,
1: welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller-Landau. This is a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller-Landau. And our guest this evening, Eric Fournier of Moment
2: Factory. Now, Eric, the the one thing that's been on my mind uh, for the last half hour or so is there's these huge productions, which I'm sure are rather costly. And there's got to be a cash flow management side to all these productions that's today you know where where did moment factory start out like was financing an issue was it always an issue did you have did you manage it uh, carefully uh, tell us a little bit about how kind of it started and where you where you stand today with that
3: well, essentially, Moment Factory has grown with two credit cards of $10,000 each. And when I joined in 2007, it was the only way they could finance the company, really by making sure that they would not bust their credit cards. So they had developed this approach whereby each project would have to be cash flow positive. So when I joined, I realized that if we wanted to grow, hire people, and not be dependent on a project-by-project project basis, and making sure that we could get the paycheck being delivered to each employee on a bi-weekly basis decided to go and negotiate lines of credits, traditional line of credit with the banks. So entered into a business plan uh, development and, and began to chat and discuss with potential bankers.
2: But it's a traditional line of credit, not necessarily in a traditional business. Was it difficult to approach the bankers and, and kind of sell them on the idea that, hey, w- you know, we're in, this, we're in this crazy production world and believe in us
3: yeah well that that was the funniest part i mean everybody was uh, who were uh, whom we were meeting we're looking at what we were doing looking at the cool videos looking at the cool stuff and we were saying wow it's amazing it's great but what's the model are you a product are you a service are you an entertainment what what where what's the model? What's behind it? And in essence, we're a little bit of everything, and and that's really in in making sure with them that we could develop a dialogue that we found the right uh, match with a uh, a bank.
2: Now you mentioned you mentioned business plan before. Was that something that uh, that Moment Factory always operated with when you came in? And of course, you were looking at bigger productions. That was, that was the, the stepping stool or the, the starting point to say, let's go out and be a real company in the eyes of a banker?
3: Well, it, there was that, but there was also this need to uh, making sure that we were sharing the same vision. There's nothing like putting on a piece of paper what we agree we want to do with this business, not only after this project but later in a year, two years, three years down the road. So this business plan uh, crafting was really about that sharing a vision, sharing something that we felt good about it. It was not to please the bankers. it was really for us to making sure we knew where we wanted to go and being able to put it on paper
2: now was it did you find a lot of support out there in the in the banking or the finance? world or was it an uphill struggle
3: the time 2007 2008 it was the post internet crisis era and most of the banks in in montreal that had developed this uh, technology group were dismantling their teams and so it was very difficult to find the banks that had the, the depth or the and the interest in our business so it was a very difficult period of time
2: so you managed to get through that and and does that mean that you're right now you deal with project by project. The management of each project kind of stands on its own from a finance standpoint.
3: Absolutely. I mean, we've got some. Uh, we've introduced some tools to do a plan, estimate the project, and making sure with our contracts, with our uh, partners, with our clients that we manage the costs and the revenues and the costs and the cash flows positively on each project.
1: When when you run such a creative business, is it hard to quantify that creativity?
3: well that's always the uh... the challenge and and i i'm trying to stay away from trying to quantify creativity the way i approach it and with my partners is to manage the downside risk so again as i was saying earlier is really to create the sandbox for creativity whereby people know a little bit more how far they can go creatively and that's how i guess we get the most of everybody not giving them a, a blank sheet of paper that's so wide and open that they don't know where to go, and at the other extreme, giving them a budget that's so restrictive that they don't, they don't have any space for creativity. It's really about the sandbox.
2: Managing the downside risk, very interesting statement. Can you explain a little bit what you mean, or maybe give us an example of, of a project where you, you specifically manage the downside risk?
3: Well, every time we've been looking at our projects from the beginning, we've always wanted to making sure that we innovate. And so we, every time we try to limit the innovation to a certain number of aspects. So managing the downside risk will be about partnering with people that know about an aspect that we don't master. So we'll be always open to teaming with other companies. We'll always look at ways whereby we can share the risk with other companies. We'll not Take projects that are too big for us. We'll share. We're not a close-ended company. We're an open organization.
2: Speaking of innovation, speaking of financing, what about research and development tax credits? Is that something you take advantage of, believe in, try and get the most of?
3: Well, the uh, the uh, the tax credits on research and development has been uh, a very interesting tool for us. As we've grown the company, we've always looked for new ways of of managing interactivity, managing the effects, and and in order to get those systems, the input, the sources, and the output, the lighting to work together, we needed to develop our own tools. So we've always counted on the uh, RSD. A tax credit as a way of financing our research and development.
2: So you would say the government is good to you. Are there any other? I mean, is there any other uh, aspects or divisions of the government? I mean, you're in this this uh, social, this cultural phenomenon. Has the government, from its cultural divisions, been helpful with your business?
3: Well, Moment Factory is an orphan. So on the one side, yes, we've got access to tax credit on research and development. But on the other side, we're kind of an orphan sitting between video games and the film industry. So on the one end, we don't have access to the video game industry, uh, multimedia uh, tax credit, or uh, on the other end, the film uh, post-production tax credit. So in as much as we would like to hire people from these fields, we cannot compete on the salaries
2: and so and then technology must also play a huge role is it tif- is it difficult to keep up with the technology
3: Since the beginning, we've always uh, uh, defined ourselves as not being a technology company. So we've always wanted to remain innovative. So we've always worked with the new technologies. We don't buy our own projector. We subcontract the technology uh, supply to third parties so that we maintain our independence, our autonomy vis-à-vis the new technologies that's going to get developed.
2: So is it something that you stay on top of and certainly from a creative aspect as you were mentioning before with the innovation and leaving that blank slate open you and your team just are always out there and always looking for the most creative and innovative way to to make that next production
3: absolutely i mean that's that's really cool about moment factory we don't necessarily work only with projection we don't necessarily work with lighting we like to blend technologies. we like to mix them and work with cool surfaces we've done uh, the elixir show at the cartier des spectacles projecting on water we created these 3d effects by uh, mixing the positioning of projectors and lighting I mean that's really cool about what we like to do we like to stay away from having a preset technology to work with
1: And uh, more with Eric in a second. We'll also bring in uh, the IT specialist, Kevin Ammerman, from Fuller-Landau. And he's going to talk about internal communications, especially if you have a a business uh, that's as creative as Moment Factory. Getting all the employees on the same page could be a challenge, so we'll address that with Kevin in just a second.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller-Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on FLMontreal.com. Welcome
1: back to today's Entrepreneur Inspiring Stories from Outstanding Business People. Dan Dalmar along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Our guests this evening, Eric Fournier of Moment Factory. And we also bring into the conversation, Kevin Ammerman, IT Specialist at Fuller Landau. And Josh, we were talking about um, data and uh, especially when you're in such a creative business like Moment Factory, you need to be able to, to keep track of stuff fairly efficiently. Kevin, what is uh, what is the, the most, I guess, the best way to keep track of of mounting files of images of data of of client records uh... what's the best way for businesses to keep all that info
4: there's so many different tools to to achieve those ends and it really depends on the nature of your business and and what you're trying to accomplish um, so we've got uh, companies such as Moment Factory that are, are, are stockpiling images and video and, and uh, various more audio-visual kinds of materials uh, as an accounting office we're more concerned about tax returns and personal information and security of personal information and you've got to treat those things in different ways but what it comes down to is you've got to structure it and you've got to have a way to to sort through this stuff and be able to find the information that you need quickly otherwise you can't take on more information and, and actually use it in any
2: helpful fashion. And to keep everybody on the same page, like everybody in the in the same company should have ready ready access to information uh should all be part of the, you know we were talking about project management before communication it's one thing to do by email but you know, are there are there are there areas or challenges to keep people on the same page?
4: That's one of the first things that we see people small businesses trying to implement is they they've they've started to accumulate this data, and their employees have their own ways of, of navigating this data. But it's it's important to make sure that all the employees are on the same page and they're using the same tools uh, to to the greatest effect. So a lot of times, what we see companies trying to do is is uh, document their own internal processes. So. Um, fi- put together a repository of how- to's and manuals and, and different procedures within the company so that they have something to fall back on when they're when they're trying to find something or they're trying to find a place where the information fits in the future.
1: And um, are most new businesses now going to the cloud and also can you just clarify what the cloud
4: is for those of us that don't know? <laughs> um, a lot of businesses are relying on the cloud, they're just they're, they're storing their information outside their own offices in servers that are managed uh, by third parties such as Google or Microsoft or, or other organizations like this. But it really depends on the nature of the information. So if it really is internal documentation, then maybe it's not appropriate to be, to be in the cloud. Maybe it should be inside, and that's fine. Um, there are p- plenty of inexpensive ways to store that information in, in wikis or SharePoint databases or, or, or any number of different tools like this, as long as it's structured and, and people have constant access to it when they need it. You know, the,
2: I've heard of this one concept heard of. We live with it in trying to keep people with the same information on the same page, and it's called the intranet. Not the internet, the intranet. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit on how that could help companies and and the the team within that company stay on the
4: same page. The idea is that it's a web page or a set of documents, at least, for internal use only. So it's not accessible to your clients. It's generally not accessible from the outside world, but it's only accessible within your office and it has tools specific to the way that you do business. So whether it's uh, lists of projects and the the status of those projects, or uh, it could be something as simple as a, a... a list of birthdays for the employees so you know when to stick a balloon on their door. Um, or a set of documentation, so HR policy manuals uh, and this kind of thing. Uh, typically, they there are definite security concerns. A lot of sensitive information is in there. A lot of businesses, it's it's basically a, a how-to manual for the entire business is stored on the internet. So it is important to uh, keep a handle on that as well. Um, but yeah, a lot of companies could really benefit from this and it's tools that they've already purchased and they just need to implement. Eric, as, as you manage, you know, the company, Moment Factory, manages so
2: many different projects with so many different people and artists and creative uh, assistants and all that, how does, how does each project team stay on the same page?
3: Well, we've developed our own uh, intranet whereby people can share uh, tasks and and so on, and and they can be assigned on projects on a uh, weekly basis. The other element we've put tremendous efforts is making sure that the, the creativity, the base of uh, the database of visuals and all the creativity gets uh, structured and gets accessed on an ongoing basis. So to make sure that the project cannot be delayed, or we can do a project more rapidly.
2: So the in, an intranet type uh, type of, I guess, outlook or use has worked for you.
3: Absolutely, and and coupled with that, also we've uh, also worked with cloud. So to make sure that our teams, that are sometimes on the fields, can access the information from a remote location.
1: We'll talk more about technology in a second, and also we'll get Eric Fournier's words of wisdom for today's entrepreneur. That's next.
0: For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants, and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
1: Remaining moments of today's entrepreneur with our guests, Eric Fournier of Moment Factory and Kevin Ammerman, IT specialist at Fuller Landau. And Josh, we're talking about storing uh, massive quantities of data at your business. What's the best way to do it and what's the most secure way to do it? And not only that, but it does take an individual to
2: make sure that that area, the internet or whatever, is populated. It doesn't just happen magically on its own. Kevin, maybe you can kind of fill us in a little bit on what you see as the challenges to make
4: sure that that things like the internet get populated. Well, it's really important to have sort of a custodian of the information to make sure that it meets company specifications and everything is where it should be. But uh, a big part of these tools today is it allows people to uh, do self-service access to these bits of information. So it's not just one person that should be populating these databases, but the entire company should have the tools that allow them to do that. And part of the, the training that it's involved is in, in making sure that every member of the company knows what's supposed to be where and puts it in the right place and takes responsibility for it so that that poor custodian isn't overloaded when it all comes down to the end of the day and somebody's looking for something. So it takes a lot of communication internally as well.
2: Exactly. Now, what about the type of information that's that's stored on there? You mentioned some sense of information and security are there any are there any areas that entrepreneurs you know should be aware of or some certain challenges when they're dealing with very secure and confidential information?
4: I think it's really tempting these days to use the tools that we have in ways that they're not really meant to be used. So sending personal information or privileged information via email or or channels like this, it's really not very well encrypted and it's really a high risk kind of thing to do. So to, to appreciate the value of the data that you have and make sure that you treat it with care and that um, if it's something that should be encrypted or it shouldn't be sent out uh, for prying eyes to see, make sure that it's taken care of, at least that there's some sort of password applied to the file that you're sending or that it's encrypted or that you, you use a, an encrypted website rather than email to, to send this kind of information.
2: Is that something easy that anybody could do or
4: it really does take a certain level of know-how. It's incredibly easy. Most people have the tools already at hand. It could be something as simple as uh, when you you send a file, just zip it and apply a password to that zip file. Or you can use paid services that that manage this information and, and house it for you in an encrypted storehouse. So bottom line is, know what you're doing before you
2: just send out any information. It could really save you a lot of headaches in the future. If in doubt, fax it. There is a technology that we've. (laughs) Are people still faxing? People still faxing? (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, thanks very much, Kevin. And as we come to the uh, towards the end of the show, I turn to Eric and uh, and Eric, uh, ask you what one piece of advice would you give to today's entrepreneur?
3: (laughs) Wow.
2: We'll limit it to one at this moment. Okay.
3: (laughs) No. I mean, I, I was—I had the chance to work with two of the most successful entrepreneurs in Quebec, Laurent Baudouin at Bombardier and uh, Guilla Liberté at Cirque du Soleil. And, and uh, in my first years at Bombardier, being exposed to uh, Laurent Baudouin and and seeing how he was looking at projects and how he was looking at developing the business, one thing came rapidly as one of the fundamental elements in decision making and it was about managing downside risk, making sure that there is no major risk at stake so that then your job is to letting the talent express itself. And I, I kept that idea since then and it's proven to be extremely useful.
2: Excellent. Thank you. Dan, there, there are a couple of takeaways that I, I get from this show, and they're, a little, they're subtle because they were mentioned just a little bit, but they're really important. And one would be if you don't deal with a contract, if you don't have a contract that's done, sometimes the entrepreneur just has to go with their gut, has to go with their feeling, and has to go with, on a handshake to make sure that the job gets done or the customer gets satisfied. Not always easy to do, and you don't go into it lightly, but sometimes the gut has to take over, and the entrepreneur just has to take that leap of faith. And the second is business plans. So many people do it for the wrong reason. So many people do it because a third party needs it because they want to get financing. Because they just, you know, because it has to follow that plan of somebody else wanting to give them money. And in Eric's case, it was, no, you know what? We're doing it for ourselves first. And the entrepreneur should do a business plan for themselves first. Make sure that they're going in the right direction. Vet their own ideas. Make sure the partners are on the same page. That's huge. Do your business plan. Do your cash flows for yourselves first because that's that's who the most important person is in your business. The rest will follow.
1: Eric Fournier of Moment Factory, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. And Kevin Ammerman, IT specialist at Fuller Landau, thank you as well. And Josh, see you next Monday night at 7. Next Monday night, Dan. Today's entrepreneur on Montreal's New Stock Leader, CJAD800.